For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for being here with me today on this Friday. We have survived yet another week in Joe Biden's America, just barely, but we did it. So congratulations. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and yes, happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. And the email address for this show, let me know what's on your mind. It is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I'm getting a ton of your emails and I do read them all. And if you're lucky, I might read yours on the air at the end of each show, but I can't unless you send me one. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail. Okay, coming up on Monday, we've got a huge show. So just think as you go through your fantastic weekend, what we have in store for you on Monday. The fearless Miranda Devine of the New York Post will be here. She uncovered so much of the Hunter Biden scandal, and she wrote a huge bestseller about it called Laptop from Hell. Miranda will be here with the latest on the Biden crime family. Also, the catastrophe at the border and the illegals being pushed into the country. In fact, I think Miranda was the very first one to write a piece for the New York Post exposing that the Biden administration was flying illegals into Westchester County, north of New York City, in the middle of the night. 
She exposed all of this. She's got fantastic sources that are giving her all kinds of unbelievable stories coming out of this regime. Miranda Devine will be here, and I cannot wait. You're not going to want to miss that. Today, I want to deal with the grotesque abuses of power and the moral need for accountability. The moral need. You know, we talk often about the political need for accountability. That is all true. But there is a moral need for accountability, and I want to break that apart today. I know on Wednesday that I mentioned that Larry Kudlow uh, would be here to break apart the Biden economy. Unfortunately, his schedule got completely out of control today, so we will not have him today, but I'm hoping to reschedule him for next week uh, to join us to talk about where this economy is going and uh, what we can all expect, because I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But today, we are going to be joined by my friend Jim Byron, who is the executive director of the Richard Nixon Library and Foundation. And I want to say this, you know, this is a perfect time to talk to Jim about what's going on at the Nixon Presidential Library, because you know what? I am going there. (laughs) I'm going to go there in about two weeks to give a major speech at the Nixon Library. So if you live in Southern California or you find yourself traveling through Southern California in that first week of October, please check out the Nixon Library website and uh, and come. The tickets are free and I would love to see you. So if you're listening from there or you're going to be there during that first week of October, please come and see me. Listen to the talk and then come say hi, okay? Um, and also we're going to do the Nixon Seminar live uh, from there the night before, also that week. So it's going to be fantastic. That Secretary Pompeo, Ambassador O'Brien, me, and a bunch of other people who are taking part in the monthly Nixon Seminars which are incredible, incredible. Um, Okay, so we're going to talk to Jim Byron about what's going on there. Also, I thought it was a good day to talk to Jim uh, because I just did this long interview with Tucker Carlson for Tucker Carlson Today, which is streaming now on Fox Nation, in which I talked about uh, my time with President Nixon in the early to mid-1990s, how I got the job, uh, and uh, all the work that we did together for the country and for the world. President Nixon was the most extraordinary man and leader for this country. And I, I talk in that Tucker Carlson interview about the deep state and how they certainly got Richard Nixon, and now we see another president in the crosshairs of the deep state. It's really an extraordinary interview, so please go check it out on Fox Nation, and if you don't have Fox Nation, get it at least just to hear me (laughs) do that interview, because it was really, really good. So I thought today would be an ideal time to talk to Jim Byron, who is the executive director of the Nixon Library and Foundation, about what is going on over there. Lots of Nixon popping up these days, right? And also at the end of today's show, we are going to deal with your emails. All that and more straight ahead. But first, the Monica memo. So today, the Republican caucus in the House unveiled what they are describing as the commitment to America. This is the Republican plan for if and when they take control of one or both houses of Congress after November's elections being sworn in on January 1 or January 2. This is their plan. This is their commitment to the American people if they regain control. And it's an absolutely necessary step. I'm thrilled that they have done this today. I'm thrilled that they have put that out 
Um, and I think it's a pretty meaningful document. You know, it, it echoes what Newt Gingrich and the Republicans did in 1994 when they did their contract with America. They made a certain number of pledges to the American people that if they were entrusted with uh, congressional control again, that this is exactly the policy agenda that they would be following. And so now we've got the Republicans doing an echo of that, uh, bringing it obviously up to date to deal with the issues facing every American today. And the Republicans are now stressing a couple of, of issue items. They are stressing inflation, which is raging out of control and affecting every single American. They are emphasizing gas prices because of the Biden administration's constant attack on our energy sector that is absolutely crushing us. All you have to do is try to go fill up your tank or go to the grocery store and look at your receipt. And I mean, you just see that it's completely out of control. It's crushing the middle class, the working class, and the poor most of all. These are the folks that the Democrats are constantly saying, hey, we're for you. No, you're not. You're crushing all of us. So the Republicans are focused on inflation, gas prices, uh, the border, obviously, um, and the catastrophe and, and all of the negative aspects that are coming along with that crime, drugs, uh, fentanyl overdoses, murders, you name it. So the Republicans are focused on the border and, of course, an attendant issue to all of this, which is crime and our cities in collapse. So those are the issue items that the Republicans are focused on now with this commitment to America. They did a big unveiling today in Pennsylvania, and it was led by uh, Leader McCarthy and Whip Steve Scalise, and also uh, Elise Stefanik stood up. So the entire GOP leadership stood up uh, to talk about this commitment to America, and they were joined by other Republicans, firebrands like Marjorie Taylor Greene. So they really did a great job in terms of presenting this on camera to to the American people. They did it in a key swing state of Pennsylvania, which was also very smart. And I think if the Republicans who are running for office in, se in the Senate, uh, gubernatorial races and House races, if they stick to these issue items, they will be winners. They will be winners. I mean, the Democrats are desperately trying to have Trump on the ticket they are moving heaven and earth to, to have Trump front and center because they have nothing to run on. They have created an historic catastrophe in this country. So, of course, they're reaching for Donald Trump because they have nothing else. That's how pathetic they are. That's how corrupt they are. And that's how destructive they are. So good for the Republicans in taking this step, making this commitment to America that if you entrust us with power, once again, here is exactly what we're going to do. Oh, but Monica, uh, Biden is still president. He can veto everything. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, he can veto all day long. But the point is that if we have Republicans in control, you've got a key thing going on here. You've got checks and balances. Republicans should also be talking about this. I spoke about this the other day on the air with Larry Kudlow. He's out there talking about this as well, that the GOP candidates should be saying, look, the Democrats have unified control in Washington, D.C. They got the White House, both houses of Congress, and we see the damage that that is causing. They are wreaking so much havoc, really destroying the country in record time. 
And I pointed out on Larry's show that the the founding fathers created an adversarial system on purpose. They didn't expect everybody to get along. In fact, they didn't want that. They wanted a train wreck of ideas, not a train wreck of the country. And so every Republican, in addition to talking about these issue items on the economy, on inflation and gas prices, on the border, on crime, on education, on those issue items about pro-growth, pro-America, individual liberty, parental control, getting the border under control to the extent that we can from Congress, all of those things, you talk about those things and then you say, Look, the Democrats have had free reign for two years, and this is exactly what's happened. It is a catastrophe of epic proportions. So if if anything else, you want to give us the keys to Congress, both houses, so at the very least, we can stop the hemorrhaging, so we can stop Biden's legislative agenda. Can he do a lot of damage via executive order? Of course he can. But on the legislative side, you want to stop the spending and you want to stop all of this uh, completely dangerous and destructive stuff coming out of Congress. And if you give the keys to the kingdom to the Republicans to do that, they will do that. That's what this commitment to America is all about today. And good for the Republicans for stepping up, focusing on policy rather than personalities. The Democrats are all about the personalities. Oh, Trump, orange man. Whoa, we got to stop the orange man. Oh, look at what DOJ is doing in the orange man. The other night, I just happened to flip through the other cable channels. Really, it gives me angina and I can't do it, but I just just want to see. And, you know, it was a big news day on other stuff, but CNN and MSNBC are all Trump, Trump, Trump. They cannot live without him. They are addicted to him. But they also need him as a foil. They need him constantly as a foil because their own policies are so dangerous, so destructive, and yes, so unpopular. The American people cannot stand what the Democrats are doing. And the Democrats know it. They don't care because this is about something bigger. This is about the fundamental transformation of the nation. So they have to suck up the unpopularity of this and the political fallout of it because they have their eyes on a bigger prize, which is moving this country into a communist system, period. So they do the best that they can to distract you, to deflect your attention away from what they're doing with shiny objects like Donald Trump's documents at Mar-a-Lago, and the latest legal maneuvering there by the judge, this is all they do because they have to. And it's been very effective for them because they have control over the press. They are the press. It's all one and the same. So they do their thing. It's Trump 24 hours a day, seven days a week to keep you off balance, distracted, focused on other things, while they, on the other hand, are completely destroying the country. So good for the Republicans out of Congress today to come forward with this commitment to America, which I know given social media, given all of the uh, external eyes on them, I know that they will follow through on this. 
You know, it, th- this is a different period of time. Back in the past, people would say, oh, Republicans promise, Democrats promise, none of them do what they promise. This time around is different because I think most Republicans, not all, Mitt Romney, uh, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, but most Republicans understand what time it is in America. They get it. They get it. They understand what time it is. They know. And they are putting their political lives on the line here with this commitment that they will follow through. And I believe them, most of them anyway, I believe them that they will stick to their guns on this and deliver for the American people, again, to the extent they can, given the constraints of a Democrat communist president in office. So I think it was very well done, this commitment to America. The document is up there on the GOP website. Go check it out for yourself. Uh, But I think sticking to the policy message, um, not discussing Trump, not discussing 2024, not discussing anything else except focus like a laser beam in your district, in your state, wherever you are running Republican candidates, stick to this. You know, I recall that back in 1980, when President Reagan was, uh, I think back to 1980, when Ronald Reagan was going to run for president and he had been governor of California. And he hired Roger Ailes, uh, who was uh, brilliant in terms of messaging and television communications. He hired Ailes and Ailes said to him very early on in the campaign when he was brought on, he was like, listen, governor, I don't care what question you're asked, you will stick to three themes. Your three themes, again, this is 1980, your three themes are reduce the size of government, cut taxes, and beat the commies. Those are your three themes, and you stick to those three themes no matter what. Why? Because the American people have a limited attention span. They're busy doing other things. They're working. They're raising their families. They're, they're doing their hobbies. They're out. They're not paying close attention. So you have these three themes, and no matter what question you get, you will find a way to bring it back to one of these three themes. You get a question about wetlands in New Jersey, you will bring it back to reducing the size of government. Okay, so that was a key piece of advice, and I think every Republican candidate should stick to it. So pick one of the three based on your your district, uh, inflation, crime, education, or gas prices, inflation, and the border. Depending on where you are, pick pick three out of the uh, bunch that the Republicans just put out today today in their commitment to America. Pick your three and focus on those like a laser beam. Every town hall, every voter interaction, you focus on those three issues. That's it. Again, not Trump, not 24, not Joe Biden. Well, you can tie your opponent to Joe Biden. That's a very smart thing. You actually should be doing that. But you focus on the policy issues that will deliver a better future for your constituents and their families. Boom, done. And you will win. Don't get caught up in in answering things where you're explaining. If you're explaining, you're losing. You You stay totally focused on delivering for the people Uh, you're asking their votes from. Okay, that's it. 
And I think the Republicans did a great job today in coming forward, laying out the blueprint, and then handing the blueprint off to all of their candidates. And if those candidates are smart, again, they'll stick to it. And if they do, they will win. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about unbelievable abuses of power and the accountability that we need to see. Plus, a little later, we'll talk to Jim Byron at the Nixon Presidential Library about all this and more. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, guys, welcome back. Well, I want to switch gears and talk about abuses of power here because there are abuses of power and then there are grotesque, life-changing, nation-destroying abuses of power. And that's what we've been through over the past three years and, frankly, what we continue to go through with the fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. Our disgusting so-called leaders want COVID-19 in the rearview mirror right? Like pretend it never happened, move on. I don't think so, guys. I don't think so. This is not about living in the past. Oh, Monica, move on. You know, it's over. What are we going to do? No, this is not about living in the past. This is about one of the greatest crimes against humanity with global lies and life and death issues, literally life and death. People died because of their lies. People lost livelihoods because of their lies, because of their crimes. Epic, widespread, grotesque crimes. Crimes that centered around a virus and then a so-called vaccine, which were both weaponized for the globalist Great Reset. The regimes that made these decisions on public health, including school closures, masks, social distancing, mandates of all kinds. They didn't care about you. They still don't care about you. And they certainly during the pandemic didn't care about your health. 
or whether you lived or died. In fact, given the whole global depopulation aspect to this, they probably preferred that you died. It was all in service of a much bigger goal, which had nothing to do with some new virus and everything to do with reordering society away from freedom. In fact, they did all of this to condition you to believe that your freedom was selfish. They also did it to see how fast you would give up those freedoms. And the answer, pretty damn fast. They learned a lot from their COVID-19 experiment, a lot. And we gave them way too much useful information that they are now weaponizing against us. They've done it for the last three years and they continue to do it. But now, now that they have all of this useful information about us, things have changed. On Sunday this week, Biden went on 60 Minutes. It was a totally absurd interview. Scott Pelley didn't ask him once about the horror on the border or the flood of illegals or the flood of fentanyl or a bunch of other critical things. No way. And Biden just seniled his way around the questions. Didn't answer, laughed at your pain, like literally laughed at your pain. So in the middle of this train wreck, uh, Biden was asked if he thought COVID was over. Here's how you know an election is coming up. Roll it. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, It's But the pandemic is over. COVID's over, y'all. Truth is, COVID was over in the summer of 2020. Yeah, it was still around, it's still around, it will always still be around, but by the summer of 2020, it was over in terms of the uncertainty and unknowingness about it, because we knew by that time what the virus was and how it was behaving, and that which we should isolate the vulnerable and let everybody else live their lives with whatever acceptable risk they determine for themselves, Okay. And red state governors like DeSantis did exactly this. By the summer of 2020, Florida and other red states were wide open for business. They gave people discretion to make their own risk assessments, and they did not impose mandates of any kind. So those red states were really beacons of freedom and liberty, and they were all making the blue states look bad. So, of course, all hell broke loose, right? But the blue states chose a different path. They chose a path of tyranny, power, and control, which for some continue to this very day. I know it's hard to believe, especially if you live in Florida or a red state, but New York City just lifted its mandates this week, except for all city workers. If you're asking why in Sam Hill, New York City still has any mandates in place in September of 2022, Exactly. The power and control of the despot. Meanwhile, they continue to be petty little arbitrary dictators. New York City Mayor Adams, who, by the way, spends more time in nightclubs wearing his dandy little bespoke suits than he does at City Hall, just lifted all mandates, again, except for city workers. Why? Because he wants them to, and and I quote, Set a good example. Set a good example. How do you like that? 
He and all of these other Democrat communists have destroyed countless lives and livelihoods with their ridiculous abuse of power mandates. But he's still clinging to one so that they can, these city workers can have the benefit of, quote, setting a good example. I hope there are a bunch of lawsuits filed and that they sue the living crap out of him and out of the city. Meanwhile, a couple of top athletes like Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA, Aaron Rodgers of the Packers in the NFL, Novak Djokovic in tennis, they all refused the so-called vax. And this week, Kyrie Irving tweeted this. He wrote, if I can work and be unvaccinated, then all of my brothers and sisters who are also unvaccinated should be able to do the same without being discriminated against, vilified, or fired. This enforced vaccine slash pandemic is one of the biggest violations of human rights in history. I tweeted that out and I tweeted it with a note. Huge respect for Kyrie Irving, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Novak Djokovic, and millions of others who stood up for medical freedom and bodily autonomy in the face of one of the most incredible and violative pressure campaigns in human history. And yet, the Democrats just keep going. And you know, if we don't have a complete wipeout of them in November, they're going to bring the mandates back. Oh, look, we're in winter. COVID is raging back. We need the mandates again. You know that is happening. This is another reason why we need all hands on deck going into November. And another reason why we need this commitment to America that the Republicans put out that we just talked about on the show today, COVID-19 and accountability has to be central to all of this because the Democrats are well on their way to pretending it never happened, move along, nothing to see here. In fact, this week, Fauci was like, oh, my bad. You know, we had, uh, we had to, to undertake these things because of this virus, and we knew all along that it would negatively impact school children and the overall economy, but we still had to do it. We knew all along that there would be collateral damage. He literally said that this week, and this is on the, the tale of, of Rochelle Walensky and others going on their apology tours. Oh, whoops, our bad. When they knew all along, Deborah Burks too. Oh yeah, well we lied to Trump about this, that, and the other thing uh, when he was in office because we had to get this stuff done. Now I, I, I really, I don't think so. We need an accountability project for COVID to investigate and prosecute and convict the pandemic criminals: Fauci, Burks, Collins, Redfield, Walensky, Bill Gates, and on and on. The entire corrupt lot. We will not forget and we will not forgive. There will be no moving on from this until there is accountability. Too many lives have been lost and destroyed for their experiment in tyranny. We the people say no. No more, you will pay. And the Republicans, if they get into power, 
along with this commitment to America that they unveiled today, they need to launch a COVID accountability project. Senator Rand Paul has been absolutely fantastic on this, but he is one man. He needs backup. He needs support from all of his fellow Republicans for a COVID accountability project, which they can launch in Congress when they gain control. They can begin it. They can subpoena the hell out of all of these people. They can start the process. So if and when we get a Republican president in January of 2025, that that will then have new life to it. But you got to start now. And so in addition to tackling inflation, gas prices, crime, the border, education, you name it, the Republicans also have to do this if and when they gain control come January. Period. End of story. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jim Byron of the Nixon Presidential Library about what's going on out there in Southern California. I'm looking forward to to joining them there the first week in October to give a big talk and also to do the Nixon seminar with Secretary Pompeo. More on that as we get closer. But first, listen up because I want all of you to be as healthy as possible for all of the battles that we talk about on this show. To get myself healthier, I am taking Field of Greens every day and you should too. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy for all of the battles that we're fighting every day. Field of Greens works fast and tastes absolutely delicious. You'll have more energy, you'll look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. So join me now and take Field of Greens too. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your very first order and another 10% off when you subscribe. So visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA, fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Well, this is a a point of particular delight and pleasure for me to welcome Jim Byron to the podcast. Jim is the president and CEO of the Richard Nixon Foundation, and you can find them online at nixonfoundation.org. And as all of you know, I worked with President Nixon during the last four years of his life in the early to mid-1990s. It was the most extraordinary experience of my life, and I've gone on to do some pretty extraordinary things. But working with President Nixon when I was so young, 21 years old, just out of school, and to be able to work with this great man, travel around the world with him, meet with all of the heads of state with whom he met, and just have hours of one-on-one daily conversation with him. Um, was just mind-blowing. And when I think about it now, after all of these years, I look back and say, I can't believe that I actually lived that and had this tremendous friendship um, and mentorship from Richard Nixon, who really, along with Winston Churchill, in my mind, is the biggest figure of the 20th century. So it's my great pleasure to welcome Jim to the show. He, again, is the president and CEO of the Richard Nixon Foundation, which also oversees the Richard Nixon Library, 
which is one of the most beautiful presidential libraries in the presidential library system. It's located in Yorba Linda, California, in the great orange groves of Southern California. So if you find yourself there, if you're listening from California and you haven't yet been to the Nixon Library, you must go. It is a must visit. So Jim joins me now to tell us what's going on at the library. Hi, Jim. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I, I will just say, too, that I think your two books about your time spent with President Nixon are must-reads for any historian, uh, particularly of the post-presidency, uh, President Nixon's post-presidency from 74 to 94. Uh, it's just invaluable contributions to history. And I can only imagine all of the lessons that you learned having spent hours on end working working with that great man. So thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate the kind words, uh, Jim. Thank you. I am extremely proud of those books. And I've, like I said, I've gone on to do a lot of amazing things, but those two books, mm-hmm. I think I, I may be most proud of. And sometimes, and, and I don't know, most people might have this dynamic where you've produced a, a product of some kind, whether it's a good mm-hmm. or you create a business or you write a book or you write a column or something, and you go back years later and you look at it. And you go, I can't believe that came out of me. <laughs> like, this is brilliant, and I can't believe well, I, I wrote it. And in your case, too, it, it, I mean, they, they, they broke ground, right? I mean, here was Richard Nixon reflecting candidly to, uh, as you just said, I mean, you were, you were fresh out of school. And, and uh, you know, I, I think he, he felt in many ways, and I don't know, obviously, I didn't have the honor of knowing the president, but... Um, that that yeah he was speaking to the next generation it seems in many ways and so this was an opportunity for him to set the record straight and uh, anyway I think that they're they're invaluable contributions to history. Well, I really appreciate. It. Thank you. I'm very very yeah. proud of those books and I'm very proud of my time with President Nixon. And in fact, before he died, I told him and and during the whole time I was with him, I said mm-hmm. to him that I will I will defend your legacy and I will defend you until the day I die. And I absolutely have have done that. I am proud to say that I've done that. I feel that I've never let him down and I will never let him down. I wrote those two books about him. I currently serve on the uh, Nixon Board of Directors uh, along mm-hmm. with you and I'm very proud of that mm-hmm. service. And I'm a member and participant of the Nixon Seminar, which we do mm-hmm. every month and we're going to start again in September. And that is chaired mm-hmm. by former Secretary Mike Pompeo and former Ambassador Robert O'Brien, who, by the way, and both served, we all served in the Trump administration, but Robert O'Brien is going to be the new chairman. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about this and grateful to Ambassador O'Brien for uh, coming on board, our board, the board of the Nixon Foundation, and uh, stepping in as chairman. Uh, you know, I think that uh, very, very exciting, exciting to uh, as he said in in, in the announcement, uh, t- to encourage his colleagues in the foreign policy community to think about long term uh, grand strategy, right? That that was what President Nixon was all about, you know, uh, and, and arguably what our country lacks today is a consistent, uh, visionary approach to foreign policy. Nobody's looking out twenty, thirty years, uh, you know, c- crossing. Uh, divides, bridging uh, divides and, and um, uh, partisan divides at home to really think about what's best for uh, for the nation and, and frankly, for the for the Western led world order. Um, that was President Nixon thought about that every day. It was inherent to his being. It was inherent to his approach to foreign policy. 
and arguably we don't we don't look at things that way anymore uh and 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 we should and so i'm excited to work with ambassador o'brien to uh, really uh, bring this type of thinking back uh, or at least try to in foreign policy communities and among policymakers and those on uh, those on capitol hill um to 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 think you know it's it's not about what's going to be happening next week it's 20 30 years out and so one of the uh, immediate initiatives that uh, Monica, you just touched on, is uh, uh, one way that, that, that we're already doing this is through the Nixon Seminar. It's a terrific program uh, that we uh, put to put on once a month. It's virtual. Anybody, any member of the Richard Nixon Foundation can watch it and watch it live. Uh, you participate with us, Monica. And uh, what we've done is gathered 15 national security specialists from the Bush and Trump administrations. And uh, every month, first Tuesday of every month at uh, eight o'clock Eastern time, we talk about a topic of the day, something that is that is going on in the world that can stretch directly back to the Nixon era. So we're drawing lessons from how President Nixon approached this or that problem, and we're pushing or looking forward uh, to to project out and and uh, come up with with or at least explore solutions to uh, a, a particular foreign policy challenge. And our colleague Mary Kissel, I think, is a terrific moderator. She. Uh, is able to, to weave in President Nixon's words and thoughts and memos from the from the National Archives, and, and so what we what we put together, chaired by Secretary Pompeo and Ambassador O'Brien, is is really I think the first step in in thinking strategically about foreign policy. Uh, another exciting opportunity on the horizon: uh, the Nixon Foundation is coming back into Washington D.C. with uh, the Grand Strategy Summit, November 10 and 11 in Washington. Uh, we're going to do it at the Ritz-Carlton downtown, and we're going to tackle President Nixon's big three when it came to foreign policy, China, Russia, and the Middle East. Uh, again, looking out long range, and that's the point of this, of this conference, but the, uh, that's, I'll say that the, that's the point of this conference, to be looking out uh, 20, 30 years to establish that consistent approach to foreign policy. Yes, and I've got to say, I think that the selection of Robert O'Brien, who served as President Trump's national security advisor mm-hmm. um, in the last year or so of the Trump administration, or at least Trump's first term, um, is an inspired choice because Robert is just a brilliant guy. He knows how the real world works, and he is in line with Nixon's view of how the world worked, and he is on top of current threats and how to manage them, but he's doing it through the prism of how Nixon approached the world, which is through realpolitik. It's not through any sense mm-hmm. of idealism. It's through a sense of realism. So Robert O'Brien, I, th- I think, is going to be a fantastic chairman of the Richard Nixon Foundation and, and board. And I think he's going to do an amazing job in making Nixon and his legacy relevant to today, because that's always Absolutely. a big challenge for presidential foundations and libraries. The more passage, the, the more we see the passage of time and the more the these presidents sort of go in the rear view mirror. Um, we don't want them forgotten. We certainly don't want President Nixon uh, forgotten because he did so much good on the world stage and here at home that I think O'Brien is just going to do an amazing job keeping Nixon and his legacy relevant and reaching out to future generations to educate them on the importance of Nixon's legacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. And, and uh, to your point about thinking the way that President Nixon did, you know, Ambassador O'Brien was the hostage negotiator um, <laughs> with, with a track record behind him. He, he, he had a direct role in uh, negotiating, personally negotiating the release of, of something like two dozen 
Americans that were detained abroad. Um, you, 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 you don't step into that role and you don't have success in a role like that unless you think strategically long range about, about foreign policy, unless you know how to negotiate and deal with your counterparts. So I, I completely agree with you, Monica. It's an exciting time at the Nixon Foundation. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do in, uh, at, at the Nixon Library and uh, all of our exhibits and programs and, and, uh, and how we are keeping President Nixon's legacy alive today, uh, please check us out online at nixonfoundation.org. So, Jim, on that point, tell us what you've got yeah. going uh, this summer and into the fall. I know you've got a yeah. really fascinating exhibit on the Cold War and spies, which I would love yeah. to see. So I might have to get myself to California just to see that. Come on out. And, and uh, for those of you that are uh, taking the summer trip to, uh, to Disneyland, come and see the Nixon Library's brand new Cold War exhibit. It's called Cold War Soviet Spies and Secrets. It is terrific. I just toured through it the other day. It, 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 it's full. It's full of people, which uh, you know is, is uh, good because we're getting the message out about the exhibit. But tickets are still available. You can get your tickets. Nixonfoundation.org or nixonlibrary.com. Uh, we're open seven days a week and uh, 10 a.m. to 5, 5 p.m. every day. But this exhibit is so unique because, A, it's very relevant and very timely uh, considering Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine and the ongoing war. Um, you know, we believe that, uh, or, or I'll say, you know, I believe that the past is prologue and that to understand the present, you have to study history. Uh, you have to study the past and understand the dynamics of, of uh, a particular uh, situation or uh, or event and how, uh, you know, the, in, in the case of, of, uh, of Russia, you have to study the Cold War period. I mean, the, the, the invasion of, of Ukraine uh, really in, in many ways um, is, is tied directly to uh, the uh, expansive, uh, expansive NATO and, uh, and, and, you know, Putin's fears about strength of a Western-led alliance. We get into all of that in, in the Cold War exhibit. Um, it's totally interactive. You jump back in time, uh, you go behind the Iron Curtain, you cross through Checkpoint Charlie, uh, you can explore different elements of spycraft with a really unique collection of artifacts on loan from institutions all across the country, the International Spy Museum, the CIA. This is a group of, of artifacts that has never yet before been collected. We actually have a nuclear missile. It's totally safe, but it's it's something that you uh, certainly don't see every day. And that's one of the most popular elements of the exhibit. You can climb into a fallout shelter uh, and, and see how Americans were preparing for nuclear winter, which was a very real threat at the time. Um, and then we get into the pop culture with uh, different uh, James Bond films and uh, the Americans, the FX series, the Americans. And, uh, and then we close it out with um, uh, a look at diplomacy and negotiation strategies between the East and the West. So it really is a must-see. The exhibit is open now. It's only open for a limited time, though. Uh, it'll run through March of next year. So I encourage you, if you're, as I say, taking that trip out to go to Disneyland or if you're a listener that's living in Southern California, 
Get your tickets now uh, at nixonlibrary.com, nixonfoundation.org. Very cool. It's just very cool. And I'm glad you clarified about that nuclear missile, mm. <laughs> that it's safe. It's safe. It's safe. There's no uranium. But uh, like I said, it's it's uh, how, how often can you get up close to a nuclear missile? You very can do cool. that at the Nixon Library. Oh, that's very, very cool, Jim. Very cool. So what else do you have going at the Nixon Library between yeah. now and the end of the year? Any other exhibits coming up? <laughs> Um, the, our, our primary, uh, you know, exhibit is, is the cold war, but, um, we actually just opened another exhibit, uh, that, that is going to be up permanently all about title nine and, uh, you know, president Nixon, another one of those unknown aspects of his legacy, president Nixon signed title nine. And, uh, you look back 50 years later, we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of that landmark achievement and look at the impact in, uh, the opportunities that that is open for women and girls uh, playing sports. And so we have a permanent display up at the library. Anyone who plays sports, if you're a college athlete or if you uh, play club in in high school, uh, I would really encourage you to come see it because it's terrific. It takes you through the origins of how that all came about, how he had very uh, strong women that were around him in in his life, uh, his wife, uh, the first lady, his two daughters, uh, and, and how these effects uh, really permeated throughout the White House, the good work of our colleague Barbara Franklin in recruiting women into senior roles in government. So that's a permanent display that, that gets into all of those details, and it's terrific. Um, we're deeply honored, and I'm particularly excited to be hosting Dr. Henry Kissinger on September 14th. He's going to come to California for uh, an event that we are putting on in our beautiful uh, replica of the White House East Room at the Nixon Library, which in and of itself is another must-see. Uh, Dr. Kissinger has a terrific new book out called Leadership, Six Studies in World Strategy, where he profiles six world leaders, uh, and including President Nixon. And as we've been talking about here today, Monica, grand strategy and, and visionary foreign policy. Well, Dr. Kissinger gets into all of that. It is, I think, really masterful, must-read chapter on President Nixon as part of this book. So we're going to have a terrific time that evening, September 14th. Uh, tickets are, are available at Nixon library.com. And uh, we, we have a terrific uh, 2022 shaping up coming out of COVID. And, uh, and, you know, really, it's, it's, it's these educational opportunities that the community is so supportive of, uh, and has been supportive of, including during COVID, which was a challenging period. Um, but, but I feel that we're on an excellent footing going forward. And uh, we're, we're going to continue, as you said, to educate the public about the life and legacy of of really one of the 20th century's greatest leaders. Uh, Absolutely. And I must say, you do an extraordinary job. Jim, by the way, everybody should know, Jim started in the Richard Nixon universe at the age of 14. So a little bit younger <laughs> than I was when I started in the Nixon <laughs> <But> universe. <not laughs> <much>. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Nixon loved young people. He loved young people's energy and enthusiasm and always had young people around him that he could educate and inspire. And you and I were certainly, uh, were certainly part of that legacy. And I was so blessed to have worked with him at a very young age. And you came into the, to the world at 14 as an intern. And now you 
you're running the joint. So that speaks volumes about you and your character, your wisdom, your brilliance. You are doing an excellent job, Jim Byron, at the Nixon Foundation and running the Nixon Library. And by the way, I just want to say, if you are in the area of Southern California and you need an event venue, the Richard Nixon Library is a beautiful place to have a wedding, to have a party. It's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous location. So check it out online or go there physically and go see all of these exhibits and and go pay your respects to one of our nation's greatest presidents, Richard Nixon. Jim, I want to thank you so much for your time and your expertise today. Thank you, Monica. Great to talk to you. You too. Jim Byron, the president and CEO of the Richard Nixon Foundation. You can find them online at nixonfoundation.org and the Richard Nixon Library and Birthplace. You can find at nixonlibrary.com. Back in a flash. Okay, guys, time now for the Friday email bag. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com is our email address, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Bruce writes, Monica, as before, I really love the new fiery Monica. Once more, when will Pat Buchanan be a guest? I would love to hear him once a quarter on your show. Why? He won't be with us forever, and there is no one more insightful. He was the original America Firster and anti-globalist. Thanks for all of your hard work and happy outlook. Well, thank you so much, Bruce. It's great to have you here with us on the Monica Crowley podcast. And yes, I agree with you. I love Pat Buchanan. You know, I first met him when I was working with former President Nixon, and we just talked to Jim Byron about uh, President Nixon and the library and foundation. But I first met Buchanan because Buchanan was a speechwriter for President Nixon uh, So in the White House. So I first met him when I was working with President Nixon in his last years uh, before he passed away. And that's when Pat was running for president in 1992. Remember that? I've got some really good stories to share about that. So someday soon on this podcast, I'm going to share those stories. They are pure fire. I promise you, you're going to love them. Uh, And then later, I worked with Pat on the McLaughlin Group when we were both regular panelists on that show, and we would back each other up against uh, Eleanor Clift and what other, whatever other liberal was on the other side of the panel. So no better wingman to have on TV than the great Pat Buchanan. And yes, he was the original America First guy, and he was out there raising the alarm about encroaching globalism for a long time. So yes, Bruce, we should have him on this show. That is a great suggestion, and I'm going to look into it. So thank you so much. Okay, that is going to do it for me today on this Friday. Thank you so much for being here and also for checking out our great sponsors. We all appreciate that very much. I'm going to be right back here on Monday with a huge show, including the great Miranda Devine of the New York Post with a full breakdown of Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family, illegal immigrants being pushed into the country, all of the things that she is breaking constant news about. So please join us for that. In the meantime, have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you right back here on Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.